Hello everyone and welcome to JTalk Extra Time, part two of our big J2 season review pods for 2023. Uh, John Steele here, hosting again this time, and James Taylor's with me to talk about some of the uh, the J2 runners and riders from the kind of middle uh, section of the league table. James, uh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, John. How are you? Uh, yes, yes, all, all good, all good, thanks, uh, mate. Yeah, we're we're recording just after Christmas, aren't we? But we're we're not sure exactly when we'll post this pod. So uh, yeah, we we had a pretty good. Pretty good uh, Christmas, I think. We we are rested and uh, ready to get straight back into some some J two season review uh, chat. So, James, without further ado, um, we'll pick up where we left off at the end of part one. Uh, we're going to talk about the team that finished eighth in the J two standings in twenty twenty three. It's Van for a Kofu. Um, in the end, they were just three points uh, adrift of the playoff places, weren't they? Uh, a huge improvement from twenty twenty two when they uh, they struggled quite badly and finished 18th however last year they did win the emperor's cup uh, which was a fantastic story we, we, we covered in detail last year and that means they uh, they're into the asian champions league of course this season now at time of recording they've just uh, qualified right for, for the knockout stage so um yeah really interesting season for them eighth place in the league is, is good uh, compared to 18th last year obviously getting through to the asian champions league uh, kind of knockout round is, is impressive too. Um, I think we have to say, uh, all in all, a fantastic job from Yoshiki Shinoda in charge at the uh, JIT Recycling Stadium. To continue our kind of a uh, you know end of term report card uh, theme for, from the last pod, uh, James, I, I think I have to give Kofu an A grade considering how much they've improved from the previous season and uh yeah still being in sort of in the asian champions league going into the knockout stage the first team uh, ever from the second tier of a domestic league to to achieve that so um a, a it's an a grade for me for kofu what, what, what do you think yeah i agree um, um we, we talked a lot about their acl campaign um over the, the second half of the season and, and a couple of weeks ago when the group stage finished um, what I hadn't noticed, I mean, they, they've kind of gone a little bit under the radar this year. I mean, obviously, they've, they're definitely noticeably improved from last year. But just looking at the on transfer market, it's got their performance chart, which shows you the league placing after each round as a kind of a graph. And they were actually in the top half from match day five through to the rest of, you know, to the end of the season. So... They're actually in the playoff spots for most of the year, or just outside, you know, seventh. Unfortunately, they missed out on the last day. Um, but I think, yeah, this is definitely a, a, perhaps not a successful season, but a, a very positive season. Because they, they gave a really good account of themselves in the Super Cup at the start of the year. Mm. Um, and then it's been such a long season. They had a, a, a reasonable run in the Emperor's Cup. And then they they had to strengthen mid season for the you know the the running of the J two and also for the ACL and they made good signings and it worked out the manager really did manage his squad I remember the end of last year um, everyone was talking about how are they how are they going to manage all their commitments what's he going to do about building the squad and player selection and it turns out he he did a really good job with that the standouts are the usual standouts really i mean peter utaka we talked about him the other week just outstanding as always guy never seems to get tired never seems to get old amazing and then uh mitsuhira funny hair as my daughter likes to call him <laughs> he, he was good again another nine nine goals from him it's good mm. and then cristiano came mid-season and, and added a bit out wide and then yeah you know, of course 
we talked again the other the other week about Motoki Hasegawa, who's since had a move confirmed to Niigata, which I have a feeling that's going to work really well for both parties. He's been a, a standout performer in the league for the last few years, so I'm happy to see that he's earned a move. And then, yeah, the likes of Torikai as well is always always good. And Kohei Kawata in goal until his injury, uh, I thought he was excellent as well. So so good performances across the pitch from or throughout the squad from Kofu and. Yeah, that disappointing that they just missed out on the playoffs, but um, very positive back where they should be, really. Last year was a blip in terms of league position for me, mm. and I think this is what we should expect from Kofu every year. Mm. But what about you? Mm. No, I think I think that's all fair comments. I think listening to you uh, kind of saying how positive the, the, this sort of season has ended for Kofu does remind me of the chat we had about Jeff Chiba last time. Uh, in that they, on, on the one hand, they haven't really, you know, in inverted commas, achieved anything. But on the other hand, there's there's lots of foundations in place for them to to sort of kick on from here um, mm. next season, both in in J two and in the and in the ACL if they get a favourable draw uh, for the next round. I know that draw is coming up uh, just in in a couple of days' time as as we record. I think for Kofu, I, I basically you mentioned they were flying under the radar. I, I just wrote them off pretty much in pre season because I thought. <laughs> Um, a, a squad that finished 18th last year is probably not going to improve enough to get into the top six this year. Mm. Added to that was the fact that they had to juggle the the ACL commitments, and we talked in the past about how the um, it, you know the two teams coming down from J1 had to juggle the kind of group stage of the Levan Cup. Mm. and how hard that was I just assumed that would be similar for Kofu and uh, they, they proved me wrong finishing 8th and just 3 points off the playoff shows that they, they were in contention for, for a long time as you said and I think even going back to we, we talked about this last time but you know you know, Kofu the squads that they picked sometimes in the ACL were, we, were weakened teams they weren't full strength teams and that felt like well what, what are they doing they're not prioritising the competition turns out Yoshiki Shinoda uh, knows more about the squad than we do more than I do, and uh, yeah, he, he's managed the resources at his disposal uh, extremely well, and it's no surprise to see that he's going to continue, uh, obviously, next year, 2024, and I'm curious to see how they go on. Losing Motoki Hasegawa is, is a big blow, but he he's proven himself to be a good a good manager, knows the squad and the players, and I think, obviously, they'll be targeting um, a top-six finish uh, for J2 next year, and I think it seems like they, they'll be... Um, They'll be in with a good shout of achieving it. So, uh, yeah, really, really kind of um, progressive and positive season for Kofu, uh, wasn't it, mm. I think, overall. I think we can agree. Um, that, that might be a theme of this this pod, actually, uh, James, because a couple of teams we're going to talk about later we're very positive about as well. So we'll uh, we'll do a bit of negativity now um, mm. to, to, to balance things out, you, you know, the, the, the yin and the yang, so to speak. So how about the team that finished ninth uh, in the table in J2 in 2023, James Oita, Trinita, so they uh, they drop four places from 2022 when they finish fifth, but they're only four points worse off uh, in terms of the final total. But I think that that has to go down as a disappointing season, right? Reaching the playoffs was the goal, and they, they didn't manage it. And uh, Takehiro Shimotaira, the the coach, uh, will be out. I think he he's paying the price for. Uh, perceived underperformance or, or you know if we want to use the word failure uh, this season I think for me I have to give Oita Trinita a B uh, for the, their efforts this season I, I didn't really fancy the squad too much in pre-season I think to be honest they, they performed a bit better than I expected uh, in finishing ninth but uh, yeah it's obviously a, a disappointment um, from an Oita point of view not to be in the playoffs against so um, yeah Oita Trinita James uh, take it away yes yeah, strange um, we talked about Shimokaira leaving uh, a few weeks ago, didn't we? 
But I remember back in pre-season, we were talking, and I was, I, I think I said, yeah, they're, obviously they're going to go for the playoffs. They need, they want to go for promotion. They want to get back to J1. And I think you said, well, if Shimotaira can get them up, finishing, you know, up in the playoffs or up in, in getting promoted, then then it would be basically working a miracle. Because, and then for the first half of the season, they were up in the top two most of the time. They were really keeping pace with Machida. Actually, after match day 21, they were still second. Well, I'm at match day 22 mm. even. But then. They only won five games in the second half of the year. They were really just, I don't know what happened. It was really strange. They just completely fell away. They completely lost their form. And so, yeah, I, the first half of the year, I mean, even up until well, match day 33, they were still in sixth. But then after that, they, they fell out of the playoff places and never really looked like getting back in. Mm. I mean, even, even then they were hanging on to stay in the playoff spots and I think it's uh, yeah for, for me it's going to be like a B minus mm. or a, close to a C because the, the just the second half of the year was bad but there were some some good individual performances like um, Konoske Nishikawa in goal he, he was a very good uh, very good performer and then in defence Pereira and Durlan I thought were, were pretty good centre backs as well as Ue Ebisu Katsunori Ue Ebisu was mm. good now, Naoki Nomura in midfield um, was the well. He was he was involved in so much, and mm. uh, without him, I think it would have been a much worse season. But we we worried pre-season about where the goals were coming from, and that was the thing really. They didn't really have a well apart from from, from well even Nomura he got six, but that's not. They didn't have enough, I think, really in attack. They had a lot of people sort of. Um, chipping in with mm. a couple but mm. no one really kind of took things by the scruff of the neck and and sort of you know helped them get over the line and that's why that's part of the reason why they fell away I think they didn't really manage to strengthen in the summer either mm. which um, perhaps didn't help whereas other teams around them uh, did really uh, you know like sort of Verdi strengthened in the summer um, uh, Machida kept strengthening and um, Jeff Nagasaki, Kofu they all made um, good effective uh, signings in the summer transfer window and I don't think Oita really did and so yeah I agree I think Shimotaida's paid the price for them missing out on promotion two years in a row and uh, Katanosaka's coming back and we talked about that the other week as well I think that's going to be very interesting to see how things go over the winter uh, in terms of how he will uh, build his squad, but what did you what did you make of Oita this year then? Yeah, again, it's a tricky one because, as you mentioned, they they did have, and I can't remember which year this happened, but there was a season where Ormia were right up at the top. Was that even in J one? I think they were up at the top of J one for like ten rounds or twelve rounds at the start of the season, and I, mm. I can I can remember even now um, Scott McIntyre being on the the the, the, the big pod. I think, mm-hmm. and saying like, Oito are going to fall away, Oito are going to fall away. And at the time it felt like very, <laughs> very negative, but it mm-hmm. turned out to be totally correct. He, he was absolutely right. And mm-hmm. that is kind of, I mean, I wasn't confident enough to, to say it on the pod, I don't think, um, when it came to Oito. But yeah, they just never seemed, like you said, they, in terms of goals as well, they, they just never convinced really, um, mm-hmm. did they? And they, they finished, uh, they finished ninth and they were in the kind of playoff hunt for, a good long while, but and we didn't really talk about them so much as a, as a kind of contender, really. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they just I found them a little bit a little bit unconvincing. Obviously, some really really good individual players. I think you you, you named most of them already, and I think there were some really really good individual performances. And I think that that's that that one um, one thing that speaks to that is some of these players are moving on. Right, Katsunori Uebisu you mentioned is leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. Kazuki Fujimoto, yeah. uh, who's a you know enterprising, uh, dribbling, uh, sort of down, coming in, cutting inside from the left uh, striker, he's moving on uh, as well. So they, they will have to rebuild with uh, Katano Saka uh, mm. next uh, next season. It'll be interesting to see how they how they cope with that. But um, yeah, I think they just seem to lose, um, like you said, they they just lost their kind of shape or their their cohesion going into the second half of the season and uh, they, they, they couldn't get it they couldn't get it back and then Keita Takahata you uh, you picked out as well didn't you in the, the sort of mm. uh, season, re- season review team of the season and he, he's moving on as well I believe so um, yeah I think it's going to have to be a new look Oita uh, for next season they're, they're short of money I think you know but the budget's tight there um, you know it's fair to say but I don't think that's an entirely mitigating circumstance because the budget's tight in quite a few places as you look around J2 uh, and yeah. like likely to get tighter, I would suggest um, next season. So, um, so yeah, I don't think we can give them a free pass on that front. Yeah, it was just a disappointing uh, season. I, I didn't think um, they were a pushover for anybody. Um, they 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 were competitive, so it wasn't wasn't a disaster. But um, yeah, definite regression, I think, performance wise, and and also just in terms of um, you know how convincing they were as as, as an attacking side. So um, yeah, it's no surprise to see Shimo Taira. Uh, leave. I think there are some positives with some good young players, and, and obviously a good um, kind of basis for them. And Katanosaka knows the club, so him coming back is is no bad thing, I don't think. But um, yeah, it just ended up being a bit of a nothing season for it, didn't it? In the end, yeah. so um, yeah, we, we, we'll wait and see. James, talking of a nothing seasons, and I, hmm. I, did, I did say we were going to be positive later, so let, let's be positive after after the next bit, okay? Yeah. Um, Fagiano <laughs> Okayama, now they uh, finished third in 2022, obviously had a, a fantastic kind of chance to, to, to get promotion or, or to get into the, the J1, J2 kind of playoff final and didn't didn't make it. Um, they uh, had a big uh, reduction in their points total this year, didn't they? 14 points worse off uh, this season, eventually finishing 10th. And uh, although we talked about Oita in the kind of playoff picture in the first half of the season and, and less in the second half, I don't think Okayama we really mentioned at all um, as being a, a serious playoff contender in 2023. I think for me, uh, I could only arrive at a C grade um, for them as a kind of um, overall re- report card. I think you might be prepared to go uh, lower <laughs> than that, um, but uh, we'll we'll see. James, uh, Fagio and Okayama, uh, it was a disappointing uh, season for them, wasn't it? Yeah, too many draws. 19 draws. Just, that's, I mean, that's the same as Tokushima, which is ridiculous, because we know how Tokushima love a draw. Mm. You know, yes, so after last year, you think, oh, their best ever finish, and of course they messed it up in the playoffs because they started having hissy fits when they weren't winning. But then this year, they really, they, they were not able to build on that at all, and they, they I don't think they were ever a playoff uh, contender. The way, as, as you just said, and it, you look at this squad; they've got so many talented players across the, across the squad, but just nothing, nothing really worked. I mean, they didn't they didn't seem able to to win enough. They drew too many; they didn't lose that many, and they didn't score that many goals either. Didn't concede it that much. They had a, a goal difference of, of zero because they scored and conceded forty nine. I think mm. is it forty four. No, mm. 49. Yeah, 44 was Gunma, who also had a goal difference of zero, interestingly. Uh, mm. Yeah, so, I mean, they got some goals out of uh, Sakuragawa at the start of the year, but then they dried up completely and, and he uh, stopped getting picked. 
got some goals out of Thiago Alves, but not as many as they have done in previous or in, in, in the previous season. Stefan Mork, I thought was pretty good. Six goals, but he's leaving. And um, so that's another gap that they'll have to fill. And then, yeah, all these, these really exciting players that they had last year didn't really kick on, I don't think, in the way that we were hoping they would. Um, they still had Yasutaka Yanagi at the back leading the way. Uh, he, is, he is a good uh, a good leader. He's a good defender. And Jordi um, Bice, I think the years were kind of catching up with him as he started to feature less towards the end of the season. Mm. So, yeah, I yeah, I would, I would give them a C. Mm. But um, with my red pen, I would write, oh, I'm very disappointed in you. Mm. Yeah, I think you're, much, much, you're capable of much more than, than this. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Get, getting here really similar to one of my own real report cards from my high school days here. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I think that's all. That's all fair comment. I think I can't remember exactly what we said about Okayama in the season previews. You know, sort of like ten, eleven months ago. But I think we probably both. I felt like they perhaps overachieved a little bit by finishing third uh, in twenty twenty. So I expected them to kind of you know slight regression. I, d- I didn't think they'd finish third again, or I didn't think they'd they'd make it into the top two. You know, because the stronger teams, stronger teams to uh, to compete for the automatic promotion places. But I think for them to be kind of not really, you know, in the conversation even for the top six in any in any kind of serious way was 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 probably worse and more of a regression than than expected. So I think it's quite interesting that they're sticking with the the coach uh, for next season. Uh, they've obviously decided that a renewal of the the, the playing staff is is the way to go but I think um yeah just to kind of sort of slip into season preview territory I think for for the coach uh who's Nick Kiyama isn't it Takashi Kiyama uh I think next season is going to be make or break because obviously had a couple of good seasons and then a disappointing one uh last year so I think he he um you know he he needs needs to kind of step up and prove prove himself again uh, in 2024 I suppose another thing worth mentioning is um, ju- just to go back to was it this year or last it must have been the, the first half of this year that, that Fagiano Okayama documentary was shown on the uh, zone was it last winter okay okay yes yeah, so I'm yeah I'm, I'm just about yeah it's been a long year this year but yeah I can, re- I can remember watching that at some point and uh, yeah it's probably worth mentioning that in, in, in the kind of grand scheme of things in terms of kind of budget and uh, size of club and how long it's been a professional football club I, I don't think the front office will be panicking about finishing 10th in J2 um, I think they'll be they'll be reasonably pleased that the, the, the kind of overall trend the overall growth of the club is in the right direction I think in terms of attendances and, and finances um, but it, it, you know obviously uh, if you finish 3rd and then 10th everyone's kind of waiting with Beatty Betsy what happens the following year is it another regression or does tenth become the norm, or are you able to kind of um, get back up into that kind of elite group of sort of top six, top seven? Um, so yeah, I actually think this year, I, I kind of thought this year would be disappointing for Okayama compared to last, but it was more disappointing than expected. So I think that makes next season a big one um, for them. The, the only player I wanted to mention that hasn't come up here was Kodai Sanol. Mm-hmm. Um, who left kind of mid-season to go to uh, Nime again uh, and link up with um, you know my, my son's favourite player Koki Ogawa from Yokohama mm. FC. I think he was the perhaps the the player that would be, couldn't be replaced. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, losing him w- was problematic. But even with him in the team, they hadn't really threatened uh, to to get into the playoffs, had they? So uh, yeah, season of um, consolidation, I suppose, for Okayama and slight step backwards. 
Uh, and it, yeah, but it'll be interesting to see what they do um, with a very kind of new look team uh, next season. Right? I think Yasuteka Yanagi will be there and uh, one or two others, but a lot, a lot of the squad's being changed. Thiago Alves leaving, as you said. Uh, Stefan Mork leaving, as you said. So a lot of the kind of Jordi Bice leaving, a lot of the familiar faces from the last two or three years will be gone. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see how they how they go on. But yeah, d- disappointing season for Okayama, and I think C uh, C grade sounds about right for me, James. To be honest, I, I'm in agreement. Okay, at this point, um, James and I are going to take a quick uh, quick comfort break. We're going to just drop in some uh, correspondence that we've had on a couple of other teams from the kind of mid mid section of the J2 table. So we're just going to break with kind of league table order for a moment. But um, yeah, please stay tuned. You're going to hear from Martin Spivey. He has our Blaubitz Akita review of the season. And following on from that, Gary Irwin is on hand. He's going to be talking about Raso Kumamoto. And after that, James and I will be back together for a bit more chat. But uh, yeah, please stay tuned. And uh, here comes Martin with the Blablitz Hackita review. Hello everyone, it's uh, Martin Spiver here and I'm going to give a 2023 season review for Blablitz Hackita. So first of all, um, I've been asked to grade the, the team's performance this year and I, I've gone with um, a grade of B-. minus. We uh, finished in 13th um, so we stayed up, which is really good, uh, especially for a team um, on our budget, which uh, I assume in 2023 was one of the lowest, uh, if not the lowest in the league. Um, 13th matches uh, where we finished in our first season in J2. And in 2022, we were 12th. So... Um, so yeah, to to be mid, to be sort of lower uh, mid table, uh, is pretty good. Um, and one maybe criticism would be our uh, our style of play hasn't really evolved under Ken Yoshida. Uh, it's very sort of similar as a lot of long balls, uh, you know, long throw-ins into the box, uh, which is a little disappointing. So um, yeah, maybe. That's why I've gone with uh, B minus rather than um, anything sort of higher. But again, yeah, I should say that uh, staying up really is the, the main objective every season. So uh, we, we did that with about, I think, four or five matches left. So, um, yeah, all in all, pretty um, pretty, pretty uh, decent season. Secondly, then, uh, the high point of the season. Um, well, I've gone with uh, a couple of uh, big scalps. So um, fairly early in the season, we uh, beat S-Pulse away at uh, Nihon Daira, 1-0. A goal from uh, Keita Saito. And uh, yeah, it was a really solid performance. Um, it was midweek. I think there were about there was still 6,000 there. So um, a fairly decent crowd. It obviously would have been a lot more. Think had it been at the weekend, but um, still to um, to beat a, a team like Espols, who you know um, he'd been relegated from uh, J one the previous season, and uh, with the players they had, uh, I think it was pretty it was pretty impressive really. Um, and also uh, we beat Machida away uh, around similar time, I think. Um, and so yeah, to um, to beat. Both the sort of the, the league leaders as well as um, the team that came uh, what was it fourth in the end, S Pulse. Uh, I think uh, was really impressive, 
So I would say those were my, the, the high points of the season. We're getting uh, two big wins against um, much stronger opponents. Uh, number three, then, uh, low point of the season. Um, so I would say our home form is quite disappointing. Um, we've only had, uh, we only got three wins, which was the same as in uh, 2021. Uh, so we had, what, three wins, 11 draws and seven defeats. So, um, yeah, I mean, to, to be unbeaten in 14 is, is obviously not bad, but uh, there were so many draws and um, especially... Uh, we were winning when we were sort of winning towards the, it's um, up until like sort of the ninetieth minute, and we, we conceded quite a few late goals, which uh, um, was quite dis- yeah, it was quite uh, disappointing and annoying. Uh, so I think we would have had uh, probably two or three more home wins had we just hung on for an extra few seconds or a minute or so. So that um, that was frustrating. Um, Obviously, uh, our away form was quite decent. As I said, we beat, we beat some big teams away from home. But um, when you're paying good money, you know, and the hardcore are turning up every week or most uh, most home games, it, it's it, you want to see some um, you want to see some more um, victories at home and um, and some sort of, sort of better performances as well. I don't think we played particularly well at home. Um, very often anyway. So, uh, yeah, definitely my low point. I'd like to switch the uh, <laughs> the away form and the home form because um, uh, that's what, you know, that's what you, when you're going to see, going to the stadium to um, to watch the matches, you want to you wanna see, uh, you want to see some uh, more wins and um, some entertaining football. So that would be my low point of the season. Um, as for Akita's most important player, I have to go with uh, Ryota Takara at uh, right back. He's uh, a 23-year-old uh, rookie. He played about three or four games uh, the previous season in 2022 as a sort of uh, emergency loan as he was, he was still at university. And you could sort of see then uh, his sort of quality. And yeah, he's had a great season. Uh, near ever present, he's missed one match due to... Um, uh, suspension because of yellow cards, which is, I thought was a bit harsh. But anyway, um, he's quick, really quick. Uh, he's got a great tackle. Um, he was our top uh, tackler with 103 over the season. And to put that into perspective, the uh, second highest tackler was uh, Mauro Orca in uh, midfield with 67. So, yeah, uh, excellent um tackler and uh, blocked a lot of uh, shots and and crosses um it was also a, a he had our top assists with uh, four only four but still he was the he was the number one uh, you can't argue with that um and yeah no surprise that he's uh, he's left um he's he's gone to uh, sendai we'll be playing um, for Vigalta sendai next season which is a real shame but um it was no surprise, really. Yeah, he was uh, he was brilliant, and um, going to really miss him uh, next season. Uh, finally, then the the biggest surprise of the season. Um, so I would say, um, speaking of Vigalta Sendai, probably their uh, their low low position of, uh, in sixteenth. Um, they were three points behind Akita in the end, 
And even after beating us, um, they beat us uh, so was it the third or fourth last game of the season. Um, yeah, I was quite surprised to, to finish above um, Sendai. I was really pleased with... Um, we didn't uh, manage to get above Yamagata, unfortunately, but to be sort of second out of uh, four uh, Tohoku teams uh, was quite pleasing. Um, uh, it's a long time ago now, but I remember playing like Sony Sendai. So to, to be so finishing above the, you know, the big Sendai team is, um, is great. and shows how far we've come. Uh, also, Gunma, I think, uh, yeah... They were, it was quite surprising for them uh, finishing 11th. Uh, although when you actually look at the final table, it's slightly less as impressive. I mean, they were quite close to the playoffs for so long. So that's obviously um, yeah, a really good um, achievement. Uh, but, you know, they finished six points above Akita. So I think that really did take a, a lot of us by surprise. I, I, was not, I think uh, I possibly even had them as uh, relegation candidates in, in my uh, pre-season predictions. So... For them to finish, um, yeah, so high up the table and and, and comfortably, uh, you know, safe uh, or even possibly with, with a chance of going into J J one until the final sort of few weeks when it sort of fell away, that is a really good achievement. Um, yeah, so that was that's uh, that completes my um, review of um, uh, Akita's uh, twenty twenty three. Thank you for listening. Hello all JTalk listeners, I'm going to do a quick recap, review, if you will, of Roasso Kumoro's season from 2023. Um, let's see what questions they've sent me. First, what grade would you give your team and why? Uh, the Roasso season, maybe a C plus grade. Uh, it was going for higher halfway through the season, we were on around a B, we were up to 8th, I think at halfway point. And so on the cusp of the playoffs, but we dropped, we dropped a lot in the second half of the season. The second half of the season was a big disappointment, big disappointment. And uh, we even flirted with relegation for a bit. So while we were looking like a B, I think the second half of the season dragged it down to a C. But I'll give it a C plus because we had that good uh, cup run. Um, so that was something to, we look forward to every week. We were still winning in the cup. Question two, the high point of the season. Well, as I mentioned, it has to be the, the Emperor's Cup run. We've never gone that far before to get to the semi-final. And uh, we were just disappointed that we, we didn't um, give ourselves much of a chance in the semi-final and lost 4-0 to Ray Uh But the run up to then, beating Ryukyu on penalties, um, going away and beating Saga and Toso in extra time, going away to FC Tokyo and winning there, and then beating Kobe on penalties. Yeah, so um, three J1 clubs, knocking them out in the Emperor's Cup. The Emperor's Cup was definitely the high point. Um, so that was probably, yeah, nothing to write home about in the league, unfortunately. Which brings me to the question three, the low point. Um, as you know, I have the season ticket at Roas, so I go down to the stadium every week, every second week when they're playing at home. And, and that's when I always listen to my, my J-Talk pod. Uh, yes. So I think the low point was around October and we lost to Zelvia at home. It was our 12th home loss of the season. 12th loss of the season. So it was a tough, it was a tough season at home because we're usually a good side away from home. We pick up lots of points away from home. We get some unexpected results, but at home we, we rarely show up, rarely show up. So 
12 of our games were defeats and that was the last one at home and I think we let in something like 30 goals at home so we, we were not good at home if we could rectify our home form or even if it was just the same as our away form we'd be well up the table Question four. Our most important player, our most important player this season, definitely it was our captain, uh, Hirokawa. Yes, uh, he dragged us through a lot of games. He ended up being our top scorer, at least joint top scorer. Um, so it was no surprise, actually, when he was transferred away up to J1 when Jubilo uh, Iwata came in for him. Yeah, but our captain, second season in a row, our captain has been taken. But he was our most important player. Yeah, he scored some important goals and yeah, he kept us in a lot of games. Um, I can see him doing well in, in J1. Um, so I wish him all the best. Question five. Biggest surprise. Um, biggest surprise. I'm guessing overall in the, the season, I like to keep track of the players that were transferred out the season before. Because if you remember 2022, we had one of our best seasons. We got to the J1, J2 playoff final. And, and we're just unlucky to lose on that day. Um, but after that season, we lost six of our players to J1 teams. And I was surprised that, apart from So uh, Kawahara, who went to uh, Tosu, and he, I think he played every minute of every game, uh, all the rest of them uh, probably regretted leaving Roasa, which I, I partly guess most of them would. They barely got a handful of starts between them. Um, I'm just trying to think of... Yeah, Takahashi went to Urawa Reds. I think he had... Three starts and a couple of sub-appearances. He did get a goal in the Champions League, if I remember, but um, it was one of the, the lesser, easier games. Um, he was even subbed on and off at one stage, I think. Uh, he has that distinction. Um, Sugiyama played well for us. He went to Gamba. I think he got five starts. Sakamoto went to Yokohama. Um, he got nine starts. He was always subbed on or subbed off. Um, our two lonies, they went back and when I thought they should stay. Uh, Osama Henry, he went to Hiroshima, six starts. Thales, um, he went to Nagoya, and I think he started one game. So they should have stayed at Roasso, and if they'd have stayed, we probably would have had a better season in 2023. Um, but that's just the nature of J-League football at the end of every season. Uh, there's lots of comings and goings. Even this season, as I said, we lost our, our captain again. So Hirokawa's off to Iwata. Um, we did lose uh, Shimamura. He's going to J1 as well. To Raysal, actually, who beat us in the semi-final of the, the Emperor's Cup. Uh, I was surprised at that one. Um, they probably looked at some highlights from that game and said, oh, he's a, he's a tricky winger. But um, he didn't have much of an end product for us in the league. So um, I, I wish him the best of luck. <laughs> he might need it. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be the season review. Um, looking forward to the new season, so Happy New Year to everyone who works on uh, uh, JTOC, everyone who puts in hard work every week, and uh, it's great to see all the different uh, contributors uh, getting a different perspective from all around Japan, how things are going, and I look forward to listening to it uh, every time. So uh, good luck all, and uh, talk to you soon. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, John Steele and James Taylor here again. Uh, I think we had a good uh, good review of Akita and Kumamoto's seasons from Martin uh, and from Gary. So thanks a lot for that, uh, gentlemen. It's much appreciated. Uh, James, we'll keep things moving by talking about the team who finished 11th in J2 in 2023. And I think we're going to be uh, pretty positive here. So uh, this this is going to be a nice nice change from the last <laughs> last few minutes of our, our chat, I think. But um, uh, 
Zaspa uh, Kusatsu Gunma, who I guess will just be Zaspa Gunma from next year. So I'm not really sure what to call them now, but in 2023 they were Zaspa Kusatsu Gunma, weren't they? So we'll go with that. Uh, 11th place finish, a huge improvement on 2022 when they finished 20th. Uh, win the relegation battle for most of the year so uh, 15 points uh, improvement that they gained 50 more points this year than last an absolutely fantastic job from Tsuyoshi Otsuki uh, one of the scariest looking managers in the J-League of course so um, I, I, James I, I can't um, beat around the bush it's got to be A plus for me for Gunma um, huge improvement and done with very little money and uh, just good old uh, old fashioned scary coaching I think so what, 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 what should we say about Gunma James? Yeah, completely agree. A plus. This was uh, an incredible season from Gunma. Uh, I mean, in, on the face of it, eleventh, finishing eleventh doesn't look that great. But they were in the playoff hunt for most of the year. It was only with a few weeks left that they they, they basically kind of ran out of steam. And um, they they did it on a budget, of course, because it's Gunma. They don't have much money. They're not a particularly big club, and it's not a particularly big market. And yeah, like you just said, huge improvement on, on last year. I mean, huge improvement on every year. Goodman, they always seem to be just, uh, we've got to finish 20th and that'll do. And they do it with a few weeks to spare. And that's a successful season. But this year, they finished 11th, the highest ever finish. And they didn't score many goals. They only scored 44, but they also didn't concede many goals. And another thing to note is that yeah, so they lost. Uh, they lost Motoki Nagakuro had five goals. He went to Niigata uh, in the summer, and then, like Okayama, there wasn't really anyone who was, you know, smashing in loads of goals. They had people chipping in. Ryo Sato, who was my MVP, he had six, and then they got a few from the likes of Hayate Take and Shu Hiramats, and then a few from uh, midfield like Koki Kazama. They had a very good defence, though. They only conceded 44 goals, which is pretty good. And uh, that's that's because they had the likes of Hiroto Hatao at centre-back and uh, others who perhaps don't really stand out. I suppose that's the sign of a good, um, good group, right? There's no one who stands out because they're working well as a, as a defensive um, unit. And then, of course, they have Masatoshi Kushibiki, uh, our favourite Spanx wearing goalie, and um, he had a few moments of, uh, shall we say, typical J2 goalkeeper itis, but for the most part he was very good. And so this season from Gunma shows the shows Oldsky's skill as a as a coach and a manager. I also think it shows the value of. Yeah, getting a good group where they're, I guess they're greater than the sum of their parts or, or whatever. I can't remember mm. had the mm. phrase. Oh, and also let's not let's not forget about um, Edson Odorjon Kawakami, who uh, I think was probably my most improved player. He uh, he was really really good as well, having joined from from Tokushima, where he. Was quite, you know, kind of, kind of an okay uh, player, but I thought he did really, really well for Gunma. So, yeah, excellent season from Gunma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything that you you've said there, and it's always good to see players with John in their name doing well in J two. There's not not been enough of that 
um, in recent seasons. So I'm pleased to see that continue. On 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 Gunma's season, James, I think um, it, it's best to just kind of you know drop a few stats to kind of put into context what a brilliant season they had. I'm just looking at their kind of record in J2. They they got promoted back into J2 in 2020, right after two years in J3, and they finished 20th, 18th, and 20th in those three seasons. So to finish 11th is fantastic. And looking back at their record uh, as as a J2 team, I think they managed to finish ninth in 2011. Uh, that mm. would be with that would be with fewer teams in the league, though. So not not a 22 team league. So I think I think your stats are still okay too. But since mm. finishing ninth in 2011, their finishing positions in J2 have been 17th, 20th, 18th, 18th, 17th, 22nd. And got relegated to J3. So to finish 11th is a is a really stonking stonking achievement. And the only thing I want to add as well is just looking at their Gunma. I mean, you mentioned it's a small market team. I mean, it, it's it's a good idea to just just you know pick out how small their average attendance uh, last season was 3,000 in 2022. 3,076 average attendance. Now by J2 standards, it's not that uncommon i suppose but to be mid-table and to be in the playoff hunt until quite late on in the season with with it with a crowd you know an attendance base like that is is pretty stellar i think Uh, and again going back to what we mentioned about jeff and about kofu having a feel-good factor around the club going into the winter break is so important Mm. i mean they're doing a kind of soft um it's not exactly a rebrand is it what do you call it like a glow up a refresh by mm. dropping the Kasatsu from the team name and becoming Zaspa Gunma, they're also uh, changing the the emblem and the logo and bringing in this uh, panda mascot mm. uh, mascot character. Now, um, you you and I are getting a bit long in the tooth, so we don't we don't like change, James. I think it's fair to say generally, and uh, most of these J League rebrands have been pretty boring and naff. Um, if using the word naff is not naff nowadays. Yeah, I think if you're going to... My, my my kind of PR brain tells me that if you are going to rebrand anything about your team, when the team is doing well, is probably a great time to do it. Mm. And I think although there was some opposition to Gunma's rebrand, I don't think there's been anything like the opprobrium that, say, Ryukyu have had with their new badge and logo. And I think, first of all, Gunma's brand treatment is a lot better than Ryukyu's one. That's Mm -hmm. one difference. But another difference is if you have your best season for 15 years and Mm -hmm. all the metrics are up and then you say, oh, by the way, we're going to change the font and introduce a new cute mascot, fans are more likely to be like, fair dues, that's fine. Um, can we sign some new players versus at Riku it's like another another for them it was like another kind of nail in a very bad season the coffin of a very very bad season so I think the timing of these kind of rebrands is absolutely massive and I think you, you football fans are very fickle you can sneak a lot past them if your timing is right yeah um so I, I think with with Gunma I would commend them on uh kind of making a, a, a sort of i wouldn't accuse them of sneaking it through necessarily i think they've been pretty transparent but they they, they seem to have a lot of goodwill changes that they're making do, do seem to have a lot of goodwill or more goodwill with supporters than at other clubs so a fair play fair play to all involved very interested to see what the ceiling is for them because they were they were within touching distance of the playoffs for a while uh, i think you and i were both rooting for them it would have been fantastic if they'd been able to get in but they couldn't um, but I, I think there's a lot, um, a lot of, of promise there for next season. I'm interested if they can grow the attendances a little bit more, maybe go a little bit higher, or was this season a bit of a blip and that they're going to revert to, you know, 18th, 19th, 20th? We, we just don't know at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, it's going to be interesting to find out. But yeah, well, well done, well done to everybody involved. It was a huge, as you mentioned, just a huge team effort. 
And um, I'm not sure the play style was the most attractive, but it was really, really admirable to see um, a team become more than the sum of its parts, I think, mm-hmm. which is definitely what happened at Gunma last year. So well, well done to uh, to Gunma. Yeah, A, a plus or, or A at least uh, for them for 2022. Uh, how about the 12th place team, uh, James? We, we'll finish off part two by talking about Fujieda, my FC. Um, pretty astonishing stuff from them in their first season in the the relative big time of J2 right for a club a club of their size fantastic job from Daisuke Sudo the manager for them to finish 12th and they were never really in any relegation danger uh, despite my preseason predictions that they would be uh, James what about Fujieda yeah this was uh, yeah big surprise an excellent season from them the defense was awful it has to be said they're the worst defense in the league conceded i mean even worse than Omiya and Kanazawa conceded 72 goals, but they scored 61, which is also pretty good. Um, also, disciplinary problems. They had a lot of red cards, and that was part of the reason why they conceded so many. Another reason why they conceded so many is because they were pretty shambolic at times near their own area, just giving the ball away. So many goals they conceded because they just gave the ball away in their own half or on the edge of their own area or just brainless, <laughs> brainlessness. Um, so I think we know exactly what they need to do in the off-season. Um, but I think, yeah, they had a, a bit of a, a winless run in the second half of the season where it looked like they might sort of slip into the relegation battle, but they were only ever on the fringes of it. They were never really in big danger like uh, uh, a few other teams. And that kind of coincided with they lost their two top scorers mid-season, Ryo Watanabe and uh, Tojiro Kubo, both got signed by J1 teams. So they they were kind of wobbling a bit, but then the likes Ken Yamura stepped up, he ended up with nine goals, and um, uh, Akiyuki Yokoyama, he got six, and he's since then, he's moved to, to Jeff in the winter, I think he played very well. And Keigo Enamoto as well. They had a lot of uh, kind of good options in midfield. And so they were able to kind of withstand those losses, which is very impressive defensively. And uh, yeah, just just really a mess. But mm. overall, I think, yeah, really good job by, by the manager, um, Sudo. And yeah, very surprising to see them finish comfortably mid-table surprising but a pleasant surprise I think and um, lots to be positive about going through the winter and, and, and it's clear what they need to work on so they, they can hopefully for their sakes they can you know get the players they need get them up to speed and then uh, have another good year next year mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree I think we we neither of us knew what to expect really from Fujieda going into the season although you mentioned that kind of they, they do play with um, you know, they don't even have the handbrake doesn't appear in the club's sort of DNA vocabulary, I don't think. Uh, and they were like that in J3 um, mm. two years ago. So it was kind of amazing that they got promoted in the first place because they, mm. they do. Um, I mean, we, full disclosure, we, we are recording this chat before we've heard um, Martin's kind of Akita season review. But I'll be surprised if the word pragmatic doesn't appear at some point in his review. I mean, Fujieda, you couldn't accuse them of being pragmatic, really. They were kind of all out. They would just go out to just score more goals than the other team. Um, and that was kind of how they got promoted to, to J2 in the first place. But I, I thought they might become a bit more pragmatic um, under Daisuke Suda and J2, but it didn't really happen, did it? They, Especially at home, 
um, they they were just kind of like you said, brainless brainless at the back, but um, scintillating at times going forward. It made it made it a really exciting watch um, because you kind of never knew you're sort of watching a basketball game most of the time. Um, so yeah, I think fair play to you. something we talked about again and again. Uh, it's it's the, the Sean Carroll maxim, isn't it? You may as well have a go. You may as well try and score goals and entertain. I think Fujeda were richly rewarded for that. I think. Uh, in J2 by not having any relegation worries at all. I am concerned about where they go from here because you've name-checked. I mean, my notes, pretty much every player that's in my notes, you've name-checked already. The likes of uh, Rio Watanabe and Tojo Kubo obviously been signed already, been snapped up uh, and taken up to J1. Uh, Yokoyama uh, w- was impressive. He's leaving. Kego Enomoto, I'm not sure uh, if he's left or is, is staying, but Ken, Ken Yama as well, probably done enough to kind of turn heads of some other teams who can perhaps pay more money. So, um, yeah, they might have to do a sort of half rebuild going into the next season as well. But I think they're going to have their new um, backstand, right? We'll be ready, um, mm. I think, for the start of the season. Obviously, watching the, the sort of last few months of the 2023 season, that was kind of taking shape. They they used to play in a stadium that just had like, well, I think it's still, it, 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 at the start of the season, it had basically like a grassy bank behind, you know, three sides of that stadium is just a hill, basically. Mm. Um, so to have like a, a stand added uh, at the back is probably going to help them out commercially, I think, in terms of ticket sales and revenue. So that again, like we talked about with Kofu at the top of the show and like we talked about with Gunma just now, there's, there's a lot of positivity, a lot of good vibes around the place um, going into the winter break and, and, and the off season. Um, the only player that I wanted to mention that I don't think came up was Kai Chidi Kitamura, the goalkeeper. I think he was a rookie going into the season and they had uh, Tomoki Ueda on, on the book. So I just assumed he was going to be the regular starter uh, and play most of the games because he's more experienced. But I think uh, Kitamura came in, uh, displaced him and then was pretty good. Um, he, he was not immune to the uh, the brainlessness that affected the rest of the back three um, <laughs> in, in the kind of hand, handbrake free system that Fujieda liked to play. But he made some really, really smart saves. His distribution is extremely good. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, which helped them to get the ball forward quickly and, and get get it out wide onto the flanks where they, they did most of their damage as, as an attacking force. So I think if he can be retained for next season, that, that'll be a big a big keep for them. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, but um, yeah, I think they just had a season where in the same way that with Okayama, we never really talked about them as a serious playoff contender. I think with Fujieda, even when they had that winless run, we didn't talk about them as being a serious relegation uh, in any serious relegation danger. For a newly promoted team, on an incredibly small budget, um, that that has to go down as a successful season. I think I'd have to give them an A for uh, yeah. for, for effort and for achievement, really. And uh, yeah, very interesting to see what happens next year. Can they build on that and go higher? Will the fact that they've lost so many players mean they, they regress? How how will Daisuke Sudo uh, deal with that? Will he have to abandon some of his um, all out uh, attack principles? You know, as the season goes on, we'll, we'll wait and see. But uh, yeah, Fujieda, uh, yeah, uh, fearless. I think would be a good word to describe there. Uh, their their performances in, in 2023 and they, they were rewarded uh, richly for that yeah yeah fair enough yes a, a few other teams might be looking on enviously at the the attacking side of things perhaps not so much at the defense but uh yeah, yeah good stuff good stuff yeah balance balance is key james balance is key o- on that note i think we will uh we'll wrap it up here james for part two of our big uh season review i think we still have seven or eight teams left to talk about we'll uh we might be struggling for positives a bit more next time uh, so I'm glad, glad we had it. We packed a lot of positives into this episode, which I think was good. But um, that's all for part two from us. I think thank you for listening and downloading the pod um, all season uh, and over the, the the holiday break at the end of the year as well. And we hope everybody's doing well and enjoying some much needed time off. But we'll be back soon uh, and we'll be uh, ready to talk about the rest of the J2 table from 2023. So that's all for now. But uh, yeah, take care. We'll talk soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.